She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode, and my voice is a little scratchy today, so I apologize. I was playing a lot of tennis and doing a lot of screaming and hooting and hollering, so I've lost my voice, but we still have a great episode for you. We have Eve Guzman, who's with us, and we are going to talk about macros. We're going to talk about carb cycling and so much more. So Eve, welcome. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I am a nutritionist who used to be a scientist, (laughs) and I ended up having my own journey of weight loss, losing half my body weight, which then kind of led me to get a lot of questioning from people. How did you do it? Can you help me? Um, You know, is it possible for me to lose that kind of weight? And I ended up transitioning into a nutrition coach um, where I eventually built an academy for fat loss and weight loss with macros for women and then eventually created a macronutrition coaching certification um, through the National Academy of Sports Medicine to help certify coaches as macro coaches. Awesome. Well, I would love for you to first just kind of explain what is macros, number one, and how do you count them? So give it to us as simple as possible. All right, I'll break it down. (laughs) So a lot of people get confused. They're like, oh, is macros like a new diet, a new trend? Um, And I'm like, no, it's like a regular way of eating. So if you're eating period, just existing, living, breathing, you're eating macros. Um, If you've ever counted Weight Watchers points or you've counted calories, you've counted macros. It's just looking at the calorie makeup of what you're eating in a more specific way. Um, So macro is short for macronutrients and the three major macronutrients are proteins, um, carbohydrates, and fats. And so even though there are three uh, different categories, they all add up differently calorically. So your protein and carbohydrates, one gram of each of them just by themselves, um, one gram is going to be four calories. Your fat is going to be more calorically dense and one gram of fat is going to be nine calories. So if you've ever seen somebody showing like their macros on Instagram stories or something like that, um, the protein and carbs are typically going to be three digit numbers, the fat, because it's calorically dense, um, it's going to be a two digit number. So you may see somebody post, um, you know, 125 protein, 175 carbs, and then, you know, 65 fat. Um, But the protein, fats, and carbs make up all of the foods we eat. And you can definitely go about losing weight by just, you know, tracking and counting calories alone, because the weight loss, the, the calorie deficit is going to stimulate the weight loss. But when you take it a step further and have more awareness of where your different food choices are coming from. You know, if you're eating 1600 calories a day, what percentage of that day is protein and carbs and fats? Um, You can eat 1600 calories a day and still eat all fast food. Um, Trust me, I know because I did it while I was trying to lose weight, you know, just like squeak everything into that calorie goal. But the macros make you look at how many grams to eat each day of protein, how many grams of carbs and how many fats. That way it's a little bit um, evenly balanced for someone to have a healthier metabolism with macros. So, you know, tracking calories alone, 
can really help you hit your fat loss goal, um, or sorry, weight loss goal. But when you start to track macros, it can really start to affect your body composition. You start losing more inches. You keep a lot of the weight that you have on your body as muscle, and you can really lose a lot of um, body fat by tracking macros. Um, so, you know, the first step, if you're counting something is typically calories, then, you know, cranking it up to be a little bit more exact and looking at the protein carbs and fats that you're tracking in my fitness pal for example for your meals so let's talk about kind of for you what would you say is the amount of macros you have and the amount of calories that you're eating approximately per day um for like me specifically mm-hmm So like right now I am in a deficit, which ends this week, thank God, because I like to have all my food back. Um, But I am in a deficit um, right now. And so for me, my age, height, weight, body composition, metabolism, and the amount of workouts I do per week. um, Right now in my lower days, I'm eating about 140 protein, um, about 150 carbs, 55 fat. And then on my um, higher days, I'm eating 140 protein, two 210 carbs per day and about the 55 to 60 fat um, range. But those are definitely specific to me. So if someone went to try them um, on for size to try to initiate like their own, you know, weight loss or fat loss program, um, those macros may not fit for them because they are specifically calculated for me down to the gram. Wow. And I'm also five feet tall. <laughs> so wow. if anybody's like, yeah, I think I could do this. Also, um, taking consideration, I do have a high muscle composition and I'm only five feet tall. Wow, that is that is wild. So talk a little bit about, you know, One of the things I like to teach people is not to be obsessive compulsive. So I, I don't love the idea of people counting every calorie and counting every macro, but I do think for a short amount of time, it's a great thing to do um, because it really kind of awakens you to kind of what am I eating? What am I putting in my body? How, you know, because I think one of the things I see people doing all the time is they're like, I'm not losing any weight. I'm not losing any weight. And the number one thing that I'm seeing is they're eating too much fat and too many carbs and too many calories as a whole. They're just eating more food than their body is burning off. So talk about that for just a minute. Yeah, sure. So macros or even calorie tracking should not be something you do, um, you know, 365 days a year and then year after year after year. Um, So kind of like I was saying, I'm in a deficit right now and I cannot wait to get out of it because me, even as a coach with discipline and having lost 150 pounds, you know, even though everything is like exactly measured for that amount of time to only achieve a goal, um, I can't wait to get out of it and then go back to either eating more calories with more flexibility or not tracking at all. 
small. So, you know, in the beginning, I was like a, you know, really strict tracker with calories and macros because I was just wanting to hit that goal. And once I got there, I'm like, I've been dieting all of my life. I'm not really in the place to want to do this forever. So then I started doing like intuitive macros. And I got to the point where I was only tracking my protein goal for the day. And wherever the carbs and fats fell after I left a cut made it so I was more flexible. Um, so really looking at protein and then total calories. And then because I had been tracking, you know, three months or so at a time, I started to learn portions without having to track everything. So, you know, like you say, people can get to the point where they don't realize that they're overeating or their portions are too big or portions are too small. And when you track, then you bring that awareness back and you're like, oh, so this is what four ounces of chicken breast looks like. Or, oh, maybe I don't need seven ounces of rice on my plate, but maybe I could have four or five. And this is what it looks like. So when I got to the point where I wasn't in a cut and I was reversing out, I could eye the portions because I had that discipline from that short period of time of tracking a lot. Um, we have all of our clients go through seasons where there's no tracking, um, no food scale, no measurements, um, so that they're getting that balance back in and they're not obsessive over like exact, you know, concrete numbers. So if you would say, and I, I want you to kind of talk about that with the deficit mm -hmm. of so right now for you, are you training for anything? Are you training for a competition, anything like that? And what are some things, if you were training for a competition, what are some things you would do a little bit differently? Yeah, so I'm not training for a competition, thank God. I've done a lot of them. Um, they're hard because when you're in a deficit and you've got a family and a husband, um, it's really challenging because the calories are really low. Um, so I'm just in a deficit to try to lose about five to seven pounds of fat and that's it. Um, I've actually been successful. I lost five pounds. I lost about seven inches, but this is actually the first deficit that I've been in, um, since 2018. So this is the first time that I'm actually tracking stricter for a goal to lose a little bit of weight, see how much muscle I've built over the past couple of years. I also did a really long reverse diet because I was a competitor. Um, so I got to really enjoy just eating intuitively, um, tracking whenever I was straying away. So this deficit for me is going um, about 12 to 13 weeks, and then I'm going to raise my calories back up. Um, if I was competing, my tracking and everything and carb cycling would be very similar to what I'm doing now, but the deficit would be more aggressive. It would probably definitely be anywhere to 10 to 15% lower um, in calories, depending on how far out I am from a show. Um, I have not competed in a little over two years. And the last show that I did um, because it was a figure competition, I had to get down to 10% body fat, but that's why those deficits um, have to be aggressive and they're not, not fun at all. So let's talk about just intuitively looking at things mm -hmm. and kind of saying to yourself, okay, without having to weigh this or weigh that, show us. And if you're listening to this podcast, I really hope that you will watch it, 
But I'd like you to kind of say, like, if you were kind of eyeing your food and kind of saying, okay, let's look at, let's pretend that obviously this is intermittent fasting. So let's just say that someone's really only eating two meals per day. Mm -hmm. And if they're only eating two meals per day and they kind of want to get the right number of macros, give us a sample meal that you could kind of just eye, maybe using your hands and saying, mm-hmm. okay, this is how much I would eat of, you know, vegetables. Here's how much I would eat. Could you kind of go over that? Yeah, definitely. So um, for most people, their portions are going to be relative to their body size. And that's going to be typically with your hand. Um, because, you know, even as you guys notice, if you lose or gain weight, your fingers get a little bit chubby, but your hand is really appropriate to what your natural body mass index would be. So if you're a petite person and you're just a little bit overweight, you're still going to have a petite hand. Um, if you're a taller, leaner woman, you're going to have a longer, more slender hand. But when you're looking at your portions, protein should be the palm of your hand. Hand, when you're looking at your fats, it's going to be like the tip of your thumb or people kind of relate it to like um, a pair of dice. Um, If you're starting to look at your hands when it comes to carbohydrates, so like rice, potatoes, things like that, um, you know, starchy carbs that aren't vegetables, it's going to be like your cupped hand. And then for vegetables, it really should be like two cupped hands together. And so if you're someone that wasn't intermittent fasting, most women are going to need about four to five palms a day, um, four to five cups, four to five vegetable portions, and then four to five for fat. And that would be in like a waking day of like 16 hours. But if your fasting window is smaller, it's going to basically be double that. So if you're eating um, two meals or so in a fasting or a fed state window of like eight to 10 hours, which is pretty typical for fasters, um, each time you eat um, for those two meals in that spread, it's going to be like two hands of, of protein. And then maybe four to five hours later, you'll have another two hands of protein. Um, for your carbs, which is one cup tan, um, you're going to want to have two of those with those two portions of protein. So like two cups worth. Um, for fats, if you're having like an added fat, like peanut butter and coconut oil, um, olive oil, things like that. It would be two tips of your thumbs. Um, So it's almost going to end up being like four cups of vegetables um, when you're looking at it volume wise for carbohydrates, depending on the size of your hand. Um, That can be one and a half to two cups of carbs. But that would be one meal in that like eight to 10 hour um, fed state. Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting, is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at ChantelRayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. So what would you say are the biggest mistakes that you see people make where you say, if they wanted to do it intuitively and people are saying, you know, you know how you hear people, they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, but I'm not losing weight. Right. (laughs) And then you and I both know there are some things that you think you're doing, but you're really not. And they're kind of excuses or lies that we kind of tell ourselves. 
Oh yeah. Give me some of those. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So big things are people not paying attention to fiber. Um, They're like, ah, fiber. Yeah. I eat pretty decently, but a lot of people don't scroll to like that section. If you're using my fitness pal to see your total fiber for the day, they're like, what's the big deal with fiber? Why do I have to have it? Um, Is this just a push for like a nutritionist to say you you should eat more fruits and vegetables? Um, But fiber is one thing that I can tweak with our clients, and then they can start to see weight loss pick back up. And that's because fiber um, does help you to have more um, probiotic or like good bacteria cultures in your body, because the fiber is like the food for probiotics and bacteria. So typically when your gut health is better, women will lose weight quicker. Your your stomach is like your second brain. It's going to be giving your body a lot of yeses and nos, or I don't want to do that. And so when your gut health is better, women tend to lose weight a little bit faster. Um, Also, the one benefit of fiber is it binds to saturated fat, saturated dietary fat, and cholesterol. So when you eat more fiber, it's actually pulling it out of your body through your stool. So women who have a higher, uh, higher fiber account sorry, higher daily fiber count, um, they actually end up having a lower body fat percentage because they're storing less of the fattier foods as fat. And so your fiber acts like a magnet, fat sticks to it, and it's coming out versus getting reabsorbed and circulated through the body. And that's why, you know, having a higher fiber diet makes us bloated. It makes us full. Um, People are like, I go to the bathroom all the time. You're also helping get a lot of that extra fat out. Um, Water is a big one. Hydration. Um, If you're eating more protein because you're a a macro tracker or you're just being really, you know, um, mindful of how much protein you're eating, every increase you have in protein, you also should be increasing water. Um, Protein takes a lot of water to help digest it. And a lot of people start to slow down on water when protein goes up because they're full. And when we have that feeling of fullness, people are like, I don't want to drink any more water. I'm already full. I won't be able to hit my macros or get all my calories in. Um, And then neat steps is a big one. I think a lot of people focus on how how many minutes of cardio, what kind of cardio, how many days a week, but then they sit all day um, constantly. And a lot of people have a slower metabolism while exercising, you know, saying they're doing all the things and tracking food and eating good choices, but they don't move enough. Um, Getting 10,000 steps per day in is more important and more beneficial in the momentum of your weight loss than you doing 25 minutes of just cardio a day. So the neat steps help to raise your metabolism. Cardio can actually bring your metabolism or the rate of it down. Yeah, so it's funny because I was with a friend of mine and we went to a Mexican restaurant Mm -hmm. and she was getting one of those table side guacamole. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at it and they had the, the guy was making the guacamole and she, he was doing four avocados in the thing. And Mm -hmm. I was looking at it and I was like, you know, he made it and she ate almost the entire thing of 
the avocado. And she was like, I I mean, the guacamole. She was like, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. Um, but, But again, this, and it's like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about that it's like in their, in someone's mind, they go, avocados are healthy. They've got fiber. They're great, healthy fats. They've got this, they've got that. But then without really even thinking about it, and it's really not hard to eat four avocados, to be honest, right? Because I could eat half at a time on my toast. Easy. Yeah. So again, you know, one whole avocado is I think it's like 29 grams of fat or something. I mean, something something close to that and about 322 calories. Yes. So eating that one section, if it was four, that'd be over 1,200 calories. Mm-hmm. And then four times 30, that's over 120 grams of fat. Yeah. For and most women, that's not hard to do. Yeah, that's, that's the fat for women for two full days just in that. And I'm sure it was delicious. Like, it's one of my favorite things. It's good. It's hard to say no, um, but not every, you know, healthy food um, choice or item is something that you can always just have um, in, you know, just copious amounts of. You also have to be aware of what's in, you know, things like that. Well, one third of an avocado is 10 grams of fat and 100 calories. So really, if you're thinking about it and and you're saying, if you're looking at your macros, just give an app. Let's just say someone's 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. They want to get to 120 pounds. Mm -hmm. What What would you say is their fat content that you would suggest for someone like that? Um, most of them would probably fall um, depending on if they have hypothyroidism or PCOS, but most of those women are probably going to fall in like the 45 to 70 grams per fat day. And so definitely that means an avocado, one avocado is knocking a huge chunk of that out. Mm, yeah. That's great. So let's talk about carb cycling. So first of all, what is it and how do you do it with the high carb days and low carb days and maybe even no carb days? Yeah. So um, all of our clients carb cycle, when they come to us, we do their calculations for their macros with like a baseline week. So that means like every single day in the first week is going to be absolutely the same because we want to see like their learning curve. You know, how much do they know about macros? How good are they at tracking? Is it their first time tracking ever or six months? And so we want to make sure they can like reach the macros first before we add like all these like special techniques and like throw, you know, a wrench and things. So we'll see how the very first week goes if they're in a deficit for weight loss and all seven days are the same. And then we'll decide, do they need another week just to get another week under their belt of getting used to tracking and measuring, getting all the bites, the licks, the tastes. Um, But usually by week two or three, we will get them into a carb cycle. And so um, our uh, model that we teach our clients for carb cycling um, is one that 
that takes a moderate and a high carb day type of approach. And so their, their uh, carbs for those days are not going to fall like below 100. And their first carb cycle is going to be six days where carbs are going to be lower. And then the seventh day or that whatever day it ends up being Saturday, Sunday, if that's what they want to choose, because the weekends are when people like to eat out, that day will have higher carbs. So we'll start them off on a six one six days lower carbs, one day higher carbs, but it's going to be pretty equivalent to um, what they were eating carb-wise as an average for the whole week as week number one. And then once we get through that carb cycle for about two weeks, then we go into a 5-2 carb cycle where five days are a little bit lower and then two days are higher. Again, none of those going down to um, no carb or really low carb days. Most of our clients um, at all times are eating over 100 grams of carbs every single day, even when they're carb cycling with us. So I want you to talk a little bit more about body composition um, versus weight, because I think that people really get so absorbed with their weight and they're like, okay, let me get on the scale. You know, what is my weight? And, you know, body composition is so much more descriptive than overall weight because it really reports what's making up that body weight. And so, you know, how much muscle do you have? And the, the most thing that we should be most concerned is how much fat mass is mm -hmm. on us. So can you talk about that and why macros are so important for body composition? Yeah, absolutely. So that's why when I said my macros earlier, if someone hears it, um, someone's macros, you can't work backwards and figure out like their um, age and their height and their weight. And that's why I was like, I'm five feet tall. And that is a decent amount of food that I'm eating. Um, but it relies or it's really based off their body composition. So the leaner someone is and they have a lower body fat percentage and then um, they have more muscle mass, your metabolism is going to be higher. It's definitely going to be faster. And then if you're someone whose body fat percentage percentage is higher of someone who's the same age, um, height and weight, your metabolism is actually going to be a little bit slower. Um, people do really get caught up on the scale and are focused more in weight loss than fat loss. But if your fat loss is happening and you're maintaining your weight, it is a really good sign that you're keeping all of your muscle mass and what you're mostly losing um, is fat because you can go on a diet, you know, lose seven pounds in two weeks, but in the, in the mirror physically, not even look like you lost weight. And you're like, I know I lost seven pounds. I don't see it. No one's mentioning it. I'm not getting compliments, but it might be because you lost a lot of that weight as water and then muscle, but someone else may lose seven inches and be that same kind of age height weight and only lose two pounds, but you may be able to physically see it because that person may be losing more of their weight as fat um, and maintaining a whole bunch of that muscle. Um, I think I went through a period in, I think it was 2015. Um, I was really upset because I wanted to lose weight 
and I started tracking macros a little bit more diligently. I changed my lifting routine. I got to the end of the year and a lot of people were like, man, how much weight are you going to continue to lose? And I'm like, I haven't lost any weight the entire year, but I had lost 19 inches and I had dropped two whole clothing sizes because mostly fat um, was what I was losing. And it was the tracking the macros and focusing on lifting that was changing my body composition. So then I personally start, started to get away from like, you know, having this perfect number that I needed to be. And I focused more on my body composition, um, how much fat was on my body and how I looked in the mirror. What have I not asked you yet that you want listeners to really be aware of? Mm. <laughs> that losing weight is extremely hard. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people look at me and they go, man, she's lost 158 pounds. And um, they assumed it just had to be so simple and so easy because they think, oh, a big number, that's huge success. Um, they don't know that, you know, it took me like 20 tries to get here. And my first diet was when I was 14 years old, when I was secretly, you know, dieting and working out in my bedroom. And, you know, a lot of people just have to try things and find something that is sustainable. But, you know, whatever it is, you just have to love it. You've got to be concerned consistent with it. And then the weight loss is going to eventually happen. Um, for me, it was macro tracking and weightlifting. Um, and then, you know, really focusing on having flexibility with my food. And that was the thing. Um, but definitely just to let people know, like it looks like, you know, rainbows and sunshine because I'm on the other side now. But I have went through a lot of what people went through and I just had to find that right thing that I could do. Awesome. Well, tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Sure. So I'm on Instagram every day. I'm always on stories constantly. Um, my Instagram handle is Eve underscore Fit Chick. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We'll have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.